Hey there, I'm Kevin Daisy. And I'm Eric Olson. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Managing Partners Podcast. I'm Kevin, and I'm your host, always trying to bring you great guests from all corners of the world with different backgrounds and experiences. Of course, we have uh, many managing partners, hence the name of the show. Uh, and today I have uh, Gary Miles on the show, who has an extensive experience. And I want to get him to tell us about his experience running a law firm, as well as what he's up to now. And we'll get into that here in our conversation today. So Gary, thank you for joining me and welcome to the show. Wow. Well, thank you, Kevin, for having me. I'm listening to your podcast. It's a great podcast. I love what you do for other managing partners, and I appreciate being here. Well, I appreciate that very much. Um, I was able to uh, get Gary off the golf course and spend a minute with me today. Not so easy. Not so easy. He was in Pinehurst, uh, so he's got a great area to uh, get out and play some golf. So uh, maybe we'll talk about that in a little bit, too. But uh, so, Gary, I was, you know, first thing I uh, like to ask everyone is tell us who you are, where you came from, and your, your background experience with your legal practice. Happy to. So I, I've been a lawyer in Maryland for, uh, it'll be 45 years uh, next month. I did mostly litigation, um, a lot of insurance defense work in the transportation industry, representing trucking companies and special insurers for the transportation industry. Last 15 or so years, I branched out and did more family law, custody and divorce cases. Name of the firm was Huseman, Jones and Miles. I was there from 1982 and I'm still of counsel to the firm. I managed it for about 30 years of that time and uh, really enjoyed that experience. I've now relocated with my wife to Pinehurst, North Carolina, as you mentioned, kind of downsized from the firm. I'm of counsel, but not 100% active. And I'm just so aware of what lawyers go through today, the stresses they feel, the overwhelm. And I built a service supporting lawyers, trying to help them as much as I can. Yeah. And and I think the, uh, you know, a big part of why that makes sense is your experience. You know, it's, you know, there's lots of coaches out there I know of that either ran a practice into the ground and now they do coaching or they just didn't serve it. You know, they didn't grow or sell or be successful at a firm they they kind of just got their their toes dipped in Um, well i I learned i learned a lot in those 45 years because i did a whole lot wrong each time you do something i I like to think i learn much more from my losses my mistakes my failures than i do from from a win if i coach a football team and they play a flawless game i don't know that i know what to learn from for the next week but when they make mistakes, you say, well, this is something we have to fix. And it's that way with my experiences. I did a whole lot of things wrong. I struggled with a lot of things. And each of those experiences have equipped me to help the lawyer who's struggling with different parts of their professional life. I love that. So talking about your the firm that you uh, managed for 30 years, just kind of want to get in a couple of questions about that. And then sure. we're, we're going to dive into, you know, what you do now and how you help other attorneys. You know, what were some of the um, the things that you did? I mean, we're, I'm in marketing and and, and that's what I, I live in every day. But what were some of the things that really helped your firm grow 
and thrive? And what are some of the things that you did from a marketing or a branding? Or what are some of the things that you saw that, that worked or did right. not work? Right. Well, of course, I, um, I managed the firm before there was any such thing as digital marketing or websites. You know, back in the day, it was all based on referrals uh, and, and personal connections. And that's still a valid, very valid role. But obviously, uh, marketing has changed a lot during the 30 years that I ran the firm. And in you know, approximately 2004, 2005, 2006, I had to transition into a new area. And what I did in transportation website didn't help me at all because it really was a volume of cases from a few number of insurers and trucking companies. You met them at conferences and would wine and dine them there. And that was very valid for that role. But when I wanted to do family law, I needed to establish myself as a family lawyer they could know, like, and trust. So I started using a specialized law firm marketing company. And the primary vehicle was through our website, SEO and content on the website. And it isn't an instant fix. It's not like putting a billboard up, but over time it builds and grows. And now we have, you know, one of the highest rankings in our area for family law. And I manage all of our incoming calls and we get so many calls a day and a week just through our website and through the contact information on our website. And I think particularly in certain fields, that's a really important, whether it's personal injury or family law, all the kind of consumer arenas, I think that's the best way to grow your practice. Well, you're preaching, you're preaching to the choir <laughs> for sure. And yeah, that's what we help you know, firms with all the time. And, and it's, it's, a, it's a longer play if you haven't started in it, if you haven't done it before, it's not overnight, it's an investment. And I think the biggest thing is most attorneys that I speak with, they're, they're not sure. They're uh, afraid of what if it doesn't work and it takes time and you can't have results tomorrow. Um, and I think that's where a lot of folks get stuck in the Google ads and, and advertising for that quick fix. But the problem I see is there's no plan or strategy to, to also be working on the, the longer term, you know, things like SEO, which will have a better benefit and higher quality leads for sure. We did the Google ads um, several times, Kevin, and, and they, it wasn't in our field, terribly, terribly expensive. We probably didn't lose money on it, but it was really kind of a waste of time. There would be so many calls we would get mm. that would be folks wanting free advice, folks that really weren't in the market we were looking for. They weren't the ideal client we were looking for. And if I had 50 calls, we might pick up one or two clients, but they'd end up not being good clients. And it's really not what I recommend. Whereas the folks who contact us through our website, and it's funny, sometimes it's off the content we posted. Um, you know, you, you had a blog on such and such a topic, you know, grandparents, visitation rights. Um, I'm a grandparent. Can you help me? And, and that's a person who has looked expressly for us and our firm. They saw our website and they liked it, or they saw some content that we put forth and liked it. And they reached out to us because of who we are. Google ads, it's, it's just the first person sees, they just click it. They don't know who we are. If we don't answer the call, they click on the next one. There's no real connection there. Yeah, your, your higher intent, your, your more qualified clientele is, is going to do some research, take their time, at least to look into your firm and, and see the attorneys or read some material, 
and figure out and make an educated decision if that's someone they want to reach out to. Right. And um, and I know you mentioned the cost and, you know, at the <laughs> time I started doing it, our firm was struggling because we lost our major insurance client and I was looking to grow. And so it was a challenge to meet the monthly expense in the beginning, but I trusted on the return on the investment. And if I think of how much money, how much fees in a given year we generate primarily off family law and primarily off our website, it's multiple times what we pay to the company to help us market ourselves. I, I haven't really counted six, eight, 10 times more. And so the return on investment is really, really worth it for those who choose to invest in a company such as yourselves, which can help them grow their law practice. That's the name of the game. If we can't do that. There's no need to, to work together. So that's, that's what we're here for. But, um, well, so I appreciate that. And, you know, my, my perspective exactly. And, and that's what we put most of our energy into is, is the long-term, the content and stuff like that. But, but I wanted to kind of, you know, I want to get into everyone tuning in to get to know you and, and, and really for what you're doing now and how, how you've, you've transitioned into helping attorneys. And so I want to make sure we, we can talk about that. If you're tuning in, watching right now, or if you're listening, it's GaryMiles.net. So G-A-R-Y-M-I-L-E-S.net. You can check Gary out and you can see what he's all about and connect with him there. And I'll share that again here in, in a bit as well. So Gary, tell me a little bit more about how you've taken your experience, running the firm of all aspects of that and, and what you're doing now. Hey there, this is Kevin Daisy, your host and founder of Array Digital. If you're tired of wasting money with agencies that just can't get it done, then please check out my law firm, Digital Marketing Agency at ArrayDigital.com. If you contact us there, you'll be sure to line up a meeting with me where we'll walk through your exact situation and come up with a plan for what you can do to improve your marketing results. I look forward to talking to you. Now back to the show. So when I moved to North Carolina, I had some time on my hands and I, I really reflected on what I wanted to do. And, you know, I spent 45 years in, I guess you'd say conflict with lawyers. You know, Kevin, you're on one side of the case and I'm on the other and we're arguing back and forth. And usually that's a very productive and positive and professional relationship, but still it was always me against you, us against them. And I realized that there's just so many stresses that lawyers face and I wanted to help them. So I started a podcast like you have a nice podcast. I started a podcast called The Free Lawyer, all about helping lawyers free themselves from all the burdens and overwhelm that they feel. And, and I've now started coaching and mentoring lawyers individually. I was a managing partner. I, I mentored the lawyers in my firm. And I know there are so many lawyers today who feel like they don't have someone to talk to. And managing partners at a lot of firms are very busy. They might be the rainmaker. They have a busy trial schedule. And sometimes the attorneys and firms are really um, in tough places. And they might be hesitant to go to the managing partner and say, I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with that. Because they don't want to burden the managing partner. They don't want to look bad. And so I found there are just so many lawyers who crave for someone they could talk to who is keep it confidential, who's completely supportive, who can offer 
some wise guidance, hopefully, and help them feel not so alone, help them feel lighter, more confident, and have some clarity. I love that. And I guess explain to me, so I know there's there's lots of uh, bigger groups out there that have big events, and they all meet in lots of uh, more of a, a bigger group of folks. Kind of explain to us um, what you do and how you're different and, and how you interact with attorneys. Is it one-on-one only? And, uh, and then what does that look like? Yes, it's one-on-one only at the present time because, you know, I thought about doing a group mastermind kind of thing, but I've, everybody's experiences and needs are so much different. And I don't know that I necessarily, my client needs to listen to some other lawyer talking about his issues, which may be very, very different because I have kind of a diversity of clients. They all struggle with different kinds of issues or problems. So it's very unique and specialized. It's not cookie cutter. I don't put everybody in the same box. And I meet my clients where they are. And we meet every two weeks. I give them detailed notes. We come up with an agreed to-do list. You know, Kevin, what do you want to do between now and next time when we meet? And the client commits to what they want to achieve, what they want to change, how they want to grow. And then in two weeks, we touch base and see, you know, I hold them accountable in a nice way. You know, Kevin, were you able to get this done? Did we able to make that? No, I did. And yes, I did. And we, we figure out where to go from there. So I think that's very powerful because I think there's a lot of the groups out there that are just kind of these big masterminds and groups. And, and while you can get some experience and, and talk with other peers, I would assume a lot of lawyers probably don't, they don't want to share in a big group, you know, because if they are struggling, they don't want to even tell someone about it or their managing partner about it, or they might be the managing partner. I think that one-on-one is pretty important. I feel like, you know, a lot of the groups that have a lot of the reach and the marketing, uh, they can't offer that. Right. Experience. Right. Yeah. Our conversations are very confidential. And I think there are a whole lot of lawyers who use coaching and I support every coach out there because we have a lot more lawyers who need coaching than we do good coaches. But so many lawyers are afraid to open up for reasons of confidentiality, maybe a little bit of ego. I'm afraid of being vulnerable, um, different reasons, but they're very comfortable listening to me because I listen to them empathetically and they know that it's confidential and they can tell me anything. You know, we, we know what the lawyer's responsibility to keep things confidential. It's the same with me. I tell them up front, you can share anything you want with me. And over the sessions, they become so much more open and willing to share. And that's when they can really be supported. That's excellent. I love that a lot. So, you know, what are some of the things? Uh, so when you're looking, you know, anyone watching, if Gary, you're looking for someone that you can help, you know, what is something that you typically see areas that you see attorneys struggling with? Sure. Well, first off, I understand the um, struggles that managing partners have because they sometimes get so many of these problems brought to them when they have so many other things to do. And it's a little bit like herding cattle and it can be a real challenge because I was there. What I see some of the younger lawyers dealing with mostly is learning how to be productive at work because they feel such time pressures The billable hour requirements are much higher than they were 20 years ago, and it's become more of a hard and fast rule, and new lawyers are hesitant to put down all their time because they feel they're not being productive, they're new, they're still learning, and they feel stressed that there might be a failure because they aren't billing enough. 
or they feel they're taking advantage of their client if they bill all their their time. Mm -hmm. And the billable hour requirement makes them have a hard time setting boundaries. You know, back in the day before technology, when I left the office, that was my boundary. You couldn't work at home, but now people are working from home. They feel like on the weekend, I need to put more time in. I'm on vacation. Boy, if I take a vacation, that's a week I haven't billed. And that creates tremendous stress. The other thing I hear a lot of is the folks who might be managing the firm, they feel they're not comfortable in speaking to them, that they don't know how it will be interpreted. And I'm not sure they have necessarily the right to feel that way. It could be whoever they'd be speaking to would be receptive and empathetic and understanding, but they're often afraid to because they feel like they might be competing with other lawyers for a future spot in the firm and they don't want to look less than. So that's the other thing I hear a lot is they feel like as hard as they work and they might be in a law firm with a hundred other attorneys in the same location, they feel alone. They're working hard at their desk with no one to really speak to where they could share whatever their frustration of the day might be. Honest, that's interesting. And I assume maybe too, that when you had that much competition, if you will, to, to rise up and make partner and be noticed that, yeah, they don't want to bring up what they might see is uh, their little problem to someone above them or the managing partner. Right. Cause they'll, they'll look like, well, they think I'm a failure. Well, they think I'm not very good. And often I find I can help them through those things. Often it's a matter of them having a different perspective. Often they're too hard on themselves. You know, they, they, it's funny, as good as we are as lawyers, as hard as we studied in law school, it's funny. So many of us doubt our own abilities and unfairly because we have the ability, but sometimes we, we question ourselves and building some confidence in who we are and what we're capable of can be really important. I mean, I, I struggle with the same things, you know, obligations to my team, you know, all the things, different things I, I jump into or, you know, for me, I jump all around. So I'm like, oh, I do this thing. I can just do it. So it's hard to set that. I think you said at the beginning there is uh, controlling your time and your calendar and, and making sure you're getting certain things completed or you can just jump around like me, ADHD sometimes, jump into things and then you're like, oh, I didn't get any of this stuff done today or, you know, I completely, this whole week went by and I didn't really get to the things I needed to. I know I struggle with that all the time. Sure. So it sounds like you too, uh, do you help with, with them, helping with those things, schedules and uh, controlling their time and, and things like that as well? Yeah, productivity, time management, confidence, clarity. Often attorneys question, am I in the right place? Is this the right firm for me? Am I doing what I want to do? Do I have enough independence? Am I making the right amount of money? And so often they get out of law school, they're concerned about the law school debt and they take the highest paying job they can get or is offered to them with having really analyzed what are my values? What are my priorities? Where do I want to be? What do I want to do? So I help them bring some clarity and how can I help you get to where you want to be in this firm? What do we need to do to get to where you want to be in this firm? And if it's not this firm, where do you want to be and what do you want to be doing and how can I serve you? Uh, yeah, I like that. I think, um, I think a lot of folks make those decisions. And I, one of the things that I know we do here with our, our staff is we really want to know where, where are you trying to go? Like it's our hiring process is pretty extensive. Good. Um, and it's, what are your goals, but yeah, your personal, professional, financial goals. And we want to make sure that 
maybe you cover that similar thing with them, but we want to make sure that can we can we help you achieve those things? And we might not be the right fit. I don't know, but let's let's look at what you're trying to do. Is there a path here for you? And if so, then we then we got a good situation. So, but I think understanding that too, um, and and talking to your your staff and employees, or these managing partners should be, if not them, their managers should be going to each one of them weekly and one-on-ones and, and sit down and say, hey, you said you wanted to accomplish this. Where are we at? Are, are we working towards that? There's something well, we need to do. Right? Well, I think that's great that you do that. I think one of the biggest problems that the legal profession faces today and law firms do is attracting and retaining the best talent. There's a real competition to get the best lawyers in the firm and then to retain them. And that's one of the changes I've seen during my years in the beginning. You went to a firm, you planned on staying there, but now lawyers move from firm to firm quite a bit. And the firm invests a lot of money in both attracting them and then training them and getting them up to speed. And so how can we retain those lawyers? And a lot of it comes to creating an environment where the employee, the attorney feels valued and appreciated and heard. And that's one thing we as managing partners can do, create that nurturing environment that's not super competitive, that's not harsh, but where each each attorney can really grow and become their best, they're the best self. Well, I think, you know, it, it comes to that word that's a popular word to throw out there, but it, it's culture. Right. And, and how important that is. And my culture today, I'll just use myself as an example. My culture today versus three years ago is pretty wildly different. And it took three years talking and planning and, and hiring the right folks to change it. But if you have the right culture, you attract the best. And pay is not the reason. Hopefully you can pay them more too. Because but with our I know with the right culture, you attract the best. And when they meet your employees and go through the process of interviews and stuff like that, they're like blown away. And then they know them in the right spot. And so when you make that offer, they're like, I'm in, you know, and, and you got an employee for a long time, hopefully. Right. So true. Or you can go to your team and say, hey, we're trying to hire this position. We're about to launch it out. But you tell your team first and they, I got someone, <laughs> I've been talking about us for a year now. And, you know, we got a bench of, of folks. Well, um, you, your, your firm functions like a team. We're all working together. You've communicated your mission to your team and everybody is, is part of the same group pulling in the same direction. And when law firms have that culture where the associates feel like they're part of a team, mm -hmm. instead of competing with the lawyer next door, it, it's a much more health, a much healthier, much more productive, much more profitable way to run a business. Yeah. And the other thing it does um, is it weeds out those that aren't a fit very quickly actually if they even get through the door and uh, someone's doing something they're not supposed to be doing or they're not pulling their weight like it it's a very apparent very quickly even the most junior people on our team will call them out um and say hey something's not right here i don't feel comfortable or and you can lose a lot of money on having employees you know doing bad you know not, not doing the right things or not working like they're supposed to or not contributing or being negative and you're not aware of it, you know, and they're, they're starting to affect others. And then you lose a bunch of people all at once. So I've had friends that own companies that have had 
what they call a terrorist in their team. And then people leave because they, they didn't get rid of those people. So yeah, culture solves a lot of issues. That's for sure. I, yes, I think exactly. the most challenging thing is like, if you say, oh yeah, you gotta have a good culture. Telling a, a managing partner like, okay, well, how do I control that and implement that? And you're gonna have a culture no matter what. It's just, is it the culture you want? And how do you impact that? I think that's the harder, the harder thing to, to accomplish. Right, I agree. And I don't know if I know if I have an answer for that, but <laughs> I know that we maybe we're, we're lucky, but we, you know, if you hire great people and give them the ability to grow and have a plan in place for them and, and take care of them and be kind and reasonable, I, th I think it just kind of grows from that. It sure does. That's, that's the recipe, Kevin. Yeah, and I think it's kind of hard to plan it. You know, you can't like plan every step and be like, here's our culture. You know, it's, it's, you know, you got, you know what you want it to be, but it's, it's really hard to just, just say, here's what it's going to be and right. verbalize it and hope that just happens. So, well, that, that's amazing, Gary. So um, tell me a little bit more for those attorneys that are listening. They're like, man, I could, I'd like to talk to Gary. I could use his help. Uh, maybe they're struggling. What could they expect? I mean, you give me a little bit of an idea when you meet, but uh, what's your cadence? Do you have different programs or things like that? But there's attorneys that are listening right now that might say, hey, you know, I'd like to connect with Gary. What well, we, we meet, um, it's a six-month uh, subscription, and we meet twice a month for six months, approximately every two weeks. I keep detailed notes of what we talk about. It's not a certain program in the sense of the first week, Kevin, we're going to talk about this. The second session, we're going to talk about that because it's a matter of what my client wants and needs and, and what I perceive where I perceive I can be of the greatest assistance. And we, we come up with our to-do list and I, we both confirm it. I share it with the client. And then they also have unlimited contact with me during the month by either text or email or LinkedIn message, whichever they prefer. So if they're, we met, but the next day they're feeling stuck about something, they can drop me a message and we can see if we can get it on track before we meet the next time. And what they can expect is by the end of six months, they're going to be happier in their law practice. They're going to be doing what they want to do. They're going to have much more confidence in themselves. They're going to have clarity about what they want to do and how they're going to get there. And they'll just feel more content and more free and not so trapped and stuck and overwhelmed. That's been my experience. Well, that's awesome. I like that. So I, I like that um, your approach is to talk with them and find out where they're at, what they need and, and kind of tailor. And what I do is like, Hey, I'm going to plug you into this program and we're going to get right. step by step. Yeah. Right. I like and I, I do talk with them, but what I do more than talking is listening because that's when I really learn what their pain points are, what they're struggling with. And so often my clients feel like they haven't had a chance to be heard. They don't feel they're heard at their firm. They don't want to burden their spouse with their concerns. They don't want to be transparent with a law school classmate and say, oh, I'm really struggling with this. Sometimes they do if the relationship is strong enough, but really being listened to and heard and then hearing some wise, hopefully wise experience shared with them because there's almost nothing they've gone through that I haven't been through myself. I'm sure you bring a lot of experience to the table. So, uh, well, so I, I like that model. I think that, you know, I think people can be comfortable with that and, and, find a lot of value in that for sure. So I think it's, it's different. And again, I know a lot of coaches 
in the legal space and then masterminds and groups. And there's a lot of stuff out there, but I think that one-on-one and you know, that, that sit down like that is pretty powerful. So it works, Kevin, it really works. Well, Gary, I appreciate that. Anything else um, you feel like you want to share before uh, I wrap up the final question from you and, and I'll share more how they can connect with you again as well. Sure. Folks often ask me, what are the one or two things they could do to help find more satisfaction in their life? And the two things I would say is this. The first is what I call acceptance. So often we resist those things we don't like. We don't like how the managing partner speaks to us or treats us. We don't like that our client is so demanding and wants everything right away. We don't like that lawyer who's nasty and won't return our calls or calls and gives us a hard time. And we start focusing on those things that we don't like. And we create our own stress. We can't change a managing partner. We can't change our client. We can't change the other lawyer. They are what they are. That's the reality we, we face. And so I call that acceptance. Just accept those things and change our thoughts. Change what we think about. Focus on the work. Focus on how we can be of service. So acceptance can be really powerful, I think. I remember when I was a young kid in, in the ocean and the undertow at Ocean City, Maryland would push me down the beach and I'd be fighting it and fighting it and still get pushed down the beach and be kind of frustrated. And, and dad said, just go with the flow and it's going to push you down the beach. Get out of the ocean and walk back up to where you started. And that makes so much sense. And it's a good analogy for what we do. Stop resisting those things we, we really can't overcome and just think how we want to respond to those situations. Maybe we don't want to represent that client. Maybe we have to deal with, a, with that lawyer in a different way. And the other is to practice gratitude. When we think about what we don't have and what we want, we want more money, we want more independence, we want a smaller firm, whatever it might be, and we're focusing on, this is what I want, I don't have it. We, we just create negativity. And I find when we practice gratitude, what we're grateful for, and I have, I have my clients first meeting, I have them do this for the first month. Every morning, I tell them for 30 days to write down three things they're grateful for in their life. Not just at work, it could be personal. And every day, it has to be three different things. You can write down your spouse is nice, you're, you have a good kid, you have a nice dog. You can't do that every day. <laughs> at, the, at the end of three weeks, you've already written down 60 things. And you're, you have to look for things, more things you can be grateful for. And when you're searching for something to be grateful for in your life, your whole attitude towards life changes. And the other thing is I ask them before they go to bed to spend a few minutes and reflect on the day and what things happened that day that were good, that you liked, that were positive. Because we go to bed thinking about the things we don't like, the things that stress us, the things that went wrong. We don't sleep well, but we go to bed thinking, well, these six or eight things, they worked out pretty well. And I'm, I'm happy about that. So those are two things. I think can really help anybody practicing some acceptance and gratitude. I love it. I'm, I agree with you. I think that's something that, well, I definitely need to do more of myself. So uh, I appreciate that tip. And I think that's something we should continue to remind ourselves of. Um, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to post this to my team because we have a, a, a message system for the whole team, you know, like 30 some people. I'm going to post that to them after this call. I'll be like, Hey, what, there are, you we, go. what are you grateful for? Like what, you know, because you're always dealing with issues and some employees have struggles. And, it's, and it's, it's good to have even a gratitude practice at a firm. You get together meeting and everybody says one thing that day they're grateful for. 
and that can sometimes change the tone of a meeting, you know? Yeah. And, you know, we have plenty of those clients that we have to pick something for or that are have an issue or something we have to deal with. Right. So there, there's plenty of that. And most meetings start that way. And, and that's what they're focused on. So um, I, I like that idea a lot. What's the wins of the day? What can we celebrate the wins or, or are we clouded by just the, the bad things that happened? Well, celebrating our wins is a really important thing because sometimes we are too hard on ourselves and, you know, managing partners can celebrate the wins of their, their associates and the associates should celebrate their own wins because that really helps us to be more confident, more optimistic, more positive and creates that sort of attitude of success that we all want. I love it. Well, great tips from Gary Miles, everyone. Hopefully uh, you learn a lot from him and please connect with Gary. So you can go to GaryMiles.net to see his website. Uh, this is for his, his coaching business. Uh, so check him out there. And that's GaryMiles.net. And then also, Gary, you mentioned the, the Free Lawyer podcast. Yes. I started about two years ago and I'm up to, I record up to about episode 160 now. Mondays, I release a solo episode where I chat about things like some of the topics we talked about today. And on Thursday, I have a guest episode uh, with someone like yourself. And you're going to be a guest who can share some really helpful information about how to practice law better. And folks have really enjoyed the podcast. It's been very, it's all about how to help and support lawyers and make their life a little bit better. Well, I, I love that. Uh, very in line with what this podcast is about. You know, we're here to, to bring information and, and hopefully folks listening can say, oh, I can use that or that helps me. You mean just the, the tips that Gary just gave, you know, something to help you do better, you know, whether it's professionally or personally uh, or financially. So, Gary, I appreciate what you're doing out there and I appreciate you coming on today to share what you're doing and hopefully folks will reach out to you and, and connect with you and, and at least feel that they can at least reach out, and ask questions. They don't have to be a client of yours. They might just have some questions. I'm sure Gary would, would love. I'm so. absolutely happy to chat with anyone just for 30 minutes and see if I can be of any support to them. And Kevin, I want to thank you not only for letting me be on this podcast, but for what you do to help law firms be successful and grow their business. You know, I appreciate that. You know, I, I just, I love business and, when I got into this, you know, I was like, hey, lawyers and these, my clients and lawyers, they run a business just like I do. I'm not a lawyer, not that smart. I didn't go to school and have all the debts, but um, I saw very similarities of we have staff, we have processes and systems, we have cash flow, we have all these issues that are very similar. So for me, I just kind of fell right into it. And, you know, I just love having these conversations and I love seeing my clients grow doesn't have to be even by us, but just that they, they're making changes in, in their in their life and their, their firm and their employees and all the people that they, they touch. So I appreciate that. So everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. Please connect with Gary. Uh, we're going to have this posted everywhere. Uh, if you can't get a hold of Gary for some reason, message me. I'm very available. And I will connect the, the two of you together. That's it, Gary. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you very, very much. I appreciate being here. Yes, sir. Stick on with me. We'll, we'll chat backstage and everyone else. Have a blessed day. Be grateful. Focus on the positive. 
I say that all the time. I, I'm a very uh, positive person on things. Uh, I think that helps me. And I always tell all the folks, positive, think about positive things. Don't think about the, the all negative outcomes on everything. And, and there's a lot of folks that do that. So just be positive, get out there and do great work. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening. We have been producing this podcast for years, have had hundreds of guests and produced hundreds of episodes. We don't ask for much, but I do have one ask. If you find value in this podcast, please share it with one person just like you. The best way to do that is to send them to ArrayDigital.com where we have a full library of all the episodes that they can sort by practice area and or state. So again, we appreciate you listening and thanks for sharing.